Hello, folks. You are listening to the Dungeon Boys podcast. We are a group of seven friends who love telling a story, Dungeons and Dragons style. This podcast is for adults because, as you all know, we are ridiculous and say ridiculous shit all the time. We appreciate you listening and hope that you're enjoying our first campaign. If you want more Stardust Echoes content, check us out on Patreon, Twitter, Instagram, and Discord. And maybe even leave us a rating or review. Today's episode will have a bit of a different feel because we have two players missing. Just like in real life, D&D games, sometimes folks can't make it. And we're a real group of friends in real life who have lives. As they say in the theater, the show must go on. (laughs) We go into deeper discussion on missing players and dynamic changes in our after show, Echoes of the Adile, where we talk about the current episode, which you can find on our Patreon. And now... A question from one of our lovely Patreons, or patrons, I never know which one it is, (laughs) for the boys, what would you say your character's biggest sin is? This is based on the seven deadly sins, which are wrath, greed, sloth, lust, gluttony, envy, and pride. Hi guys, it's me, Ellie. I play Pants on Stardust Echoes, the Artificer Cobalt. I think Pants' biggest sin is obviously gluttony. Because <laughs> he will just take whatever he can find and probably put it in his mouth. No, um, but he really likes to eat. He can be kind of greedy sometimes about it. Um, he likes to have things and do things like that. So I think that's 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 probably it. I mean, growing up on a planet full of dwarves, I mean, I imagine you're just... Yeah, that's true. He picked up some traits there. (laughs) (laughs) When you learn you can rainbow barf, it probably makes you want (laughs) to test boundaries. That's true. That's that's, That's that's for a fact. If I could rainbow barf, I'd probably... Rainbow sparkle. I'd probably puke more often. Fire barf. Eat a lot of Tarawood's muffins just to specifically throw them up. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) The food's so nice, you taste it twice. (laughs) Muffins are so good, though. They're they're very good. What do you want to taste them a second time? Okay. What is going on, everyone? It is your boy, Grant, and I play your golden dragonborn barbarian, Kathal Tarash. And I would have to say, being a basic barbarian, um, out of the seven deadly sins, I would say that Tarash is mostly guilty, I should say mostly, is guilty of committing the wrath uh, of, the, of the seven deadly sins, even with being patient, with trying to learn all his magic and just not getting not getting it right. I think that's what made him become a barbarian and off the path of wrath, I guess. So, yeah. If you hadn't said wrath, I'd have been really confused. <laughs> not lust. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, everyone, this is Dylan. I play Temple, the Warforged Monk. And I think the uh, biggest sin of Temple, or what Temple would say is his biggest sin, is probably Wrath as well. Um, being a peace-loving, uh, you know, love-finds-a-way kind of guy, um, you know, smashing faces and stuff is also, you know, kind of runs counter to that. So <laughs> I think he, he probably sits around and, and, and frets about his wrathfulness. Let me Wrath. It's like, let me smash. Wrath. Let me Wrath. <laughs> you gotta go Wrath. You gotta go Wrath. Big angry. Big man. <laughs> uh, hey, y'all. My name is Arland. I play the winged tiefling warlock, Valen. Um, and Valen's, uh, 
sin or sad fact, <laughs> if you must, <laughs> is going to be uh, of the seven deadly sins. I think it would be envy. Um, growing up on the planet, he was envious to not be able to play with other kids. Um, when he was taken away and his mom passed, he was envious of anybody who had parents that were there for him. Um, as he became more powerful, he was envious of anyone else that was more powerful, more powerful than him. And he's just continuously envious of, of, of things like that, like, that are, that keep him down. Is your envy because you grew up on Anvinia? <laughs> <laughs> Such an emo boy, dude. Yeah. Well, what do you expect? <laughs> That's true. You write, you write from what you know, right? As they say, right? <laughs> Next campaign, I just want you to play the happiest person alive. <laughs> I'll just play Dion Centric. Hey, guys! I'm Dion Centric. <laughs> Check out my cool ship, yo! Like, oh my god. <laughs> I am Justine, and I am your dungeon master for this campaign. I don't know if I give my deadly seven sin. I can't just really give a bunch of NPC ones. Uh... Which one's your favorite? Which is your favorite deadly sin? I think my favorite of the deadly sins is pride. I think pride's a fun one to fuck with. <laughs> Ooh. And now the Dungeon Boys proudly present episode 21 of Stardust Echoes. Last episode. With the feeling of unease hanging over the team after receiving the teller's predictions, they entered the floating, colorful space circus. Grayson enhanced his disguise, Pants found many enjoyable snacks, and Temple stood face to face with his past. Two students who left the monastery on V7, Emilia and Lily, looked suspiciously on Temple and warned him not to try to take them back. Confused why they would fear him, Temple assured them that was not his intention. They insisted that the circus was their true home, and that their sister Quinn was coerced into leaving them for the monastery. Temple, unaware of Quinn's situation, repeated that he meant the sisters no harm, but the sisters remained suspicious. The crew moved on to see the performances under the big top, and to enjoy a rare opportunity to relax and unwind. After several beautiful and thrilling performances, the spotlight suddenly fell upon Temple. The sisters goaded him into the ring to put his heroic martial arts on display. Fun and games quickly turned to a fight for his life and a challenge of his honesty and worth. While Temple confronted his past students, the rest of the dungeon boys rushed to assist him. After harsh words, quick thinking, and heavy injuries, the battle concluded, but the show was not over. The twins, now accepting of Temple and his word, gave him the highest honor of finally placing Master Gaman's mask upon his face. Now, battle-weary, the team heads to the medical tent to heal and rest. Please, this is the way I take you. Yeah, if I remember, uh, Valen and I kind of had, uh, were kind of supporting the one that was shot through the legs. Yeah, so I think as we're walking, I, I look to over to Valen. Thank you so much for teleporting everybody in. I was worried for everyone's safety. I was happy to 
solve this myself, but I'm I'm grateful for everyone is everyone's uh, input, and it wouldn't have happened without you. Yeah, Temple. I mean, that's what we're here for. We've uh, at this point, we've literally been to hell and back, and it's just you know I got to look out for our own. Couldn't just leave you in there to 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 dry, you know. That helmet of yours is remarkable. It's really above and beyond anything we've encountered in this world. And <laughs> yeah, and it saved our ass a few times. And uh, <laughs> thank the gods. Yeah, the DM fucked up on that one. <laughs> <laughs> really amazing. <laughs> really awesome. At that, Valen, you look behind you, and Six and Grayson are gone. Where's Where's Six and Grayson? Uh. Torath, you got you got you got eyes on him. Uh, let me see. I'll kind of look for them. Everyone roll perception. Well, if if Temple and Valen are, they do it with disadvantage because they're holding someone. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I have to roll disadvantage anyway. I'm still exhausted. Torash rolled a nine. Temple rolled an eight. Pants rolled a twenty. Oh fuck! Two natural twenties. Two natural twenties. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> awesome. This is fucking wild. Valen. You do not see them, actually, even with a natural 20. Oh, fuck. This is, uh, this is the way. Please continue. Valen, do you think you could fly up and see them, or do you think that they're truly gone? No, nah, I think that they're just gone. Um, <laughs> Do you think they'll come back? <laughs> oh, I, I hope so. I Let's mean, hope so. Shit. He was our ticket to Moss, so... Don't worry, he'll be back by that episode. <laughs> Thanks, God. <laughs> Thanks for the reassurance, God. <laughs> I, have this, I have this strange inkling that... I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess we go on without them. If there are any two people who can handle something, it's Six and Grayson. Yeah. Yeah, you do got a point there. By the way, Taryn, how, you, how are you feeling? Oh, quite poorly. Thank you for asking. Oh, yeah, you turned into, like, a big fluffy snow leopard. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. One thing at a time. Why don't you know? <laughs> That's never happened before. Oh. Can I, can Pants take a data scan of her or whatever <laughs> or something? Sure. <laughs> I don't know. How, how did I do that last time? It was Fidget. I imagine you hold Fidget with his like tail up, and you like scan with the with the like. Okay, so Fidget goes over and like opens up his little beak. I mean, it's not going to come from his butthole, guys. That's where the shield comes out of. Okay, that's fine. That does. Oh, true. That true, doesn't true. work. Fair, right. Fair. 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 So he goes over and you don't scan where you shield, guys. <laughs> it's an exit only kind of situation. We get it. Yeah, that's fine. Like yeah. that's cool. Information comes in through the mouth and then out through the butthole. Um, Love it. <laughs> so he goes over and uh, Fidget opens. He like Fidget opens his mouth and does a little like wavy scan of her. A small young fidget uh, scans Tarwin and she's like, oh, and kind of jumps back a little. You look at fidget's output, and this is a druidic magic. Druidic magic. Druid. Uh, so Pants looks at his little wristlet with his little scanner information on there, and he goes, oh, Tarwin, you have some, like, really cool druidic magic that's causing this, probably. Oh. That definitely clears things up, but not really. You're welcome. Here to help. Valen's wings perk when he hears Druidic. He goes, Huh. Tarawin, um, I had a lot of Druids from where I was from. 
um, back on Invenia. Oh, that's nice. I mean, just just saying, like I I've, I've been around that kind of magic before. So uh, if you have any questions, I can I can do my best to help. Are you a druid too? Is that are you turning into a bat? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a druid. Um, I get my power from something else, from somebody else. So. Oh, you're stone. Hmm. Why? Well, I, I appreciate the offer, Valen. Yeah. Anytime. I'm sure. I'm sure. Hopefully, down the road someday, we we should be able to control that. We we can work on it. I mean, yeah. Practice makes everything better. At some point, my first muffins tasted like cardboard, and they taste amazing now. I was just about to say, look at where they are now. We really should rest. <laughs> I could probably come up with something like uh, I don't know, uh, debuffered. Keep your scary leopardness away, like a hat or a ring or something. I'm going to meditate when we get to the healer's tent. Mm, good idea. I'll join you. Oh, we could all meditate. Temple could lead us through another meditation. That one was trippy, the last one I did with him. Oh, I didn't do that, but okay, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> and you all continue on. You walk through folks, patrons, eating giant cotton candy creatures, folks playing at small game stalls, and large creatures on stilts walk around. And finally, you get to a very quiet back area. There's a large force field gate that that this friendly fortune teller puts her hand upon this force field gate, and a small opening appears, and you all walk through, and there's a medical tent. It's a large medical tent, and when you walk in, it's instantly warm and dry and smells of cinnamon and herbs. And you go towards the back, and there is a large room with seven beds, but they have curtains if you wanted privacy. And yeah, and she says, I will go get someone. And she leaves. Do we know what time of day it is? Yeah, it's probably around... It's late. It's late afternoon. Going going into... It's going into the evening. Okay, cool. And then at, at that, a large minotaur bustles in. She wears um, beautiful robes of many colors. She has piercings that kind of are all over her face and ears that are very dainty and they look they look very well placed and beautiful for her facial structures. And she says, hello, everyone. Um, let's see here and waves her hand. One of the beds becomes perfectly shrunk and small and pant size and cozy. Um, she waves her hand again and a small perch pops up for fidget. She just starts basically creating with magic and transforming things in the room so it's fit to you. Well, now who needs assistance? This one here, um, Temple guides Lily over to uh, a cot, I guess, as it's magic beneath her and lays her down. Uh, she was injured during a performance. Nothing that I can't handle. And instantly the Minotaur goes into focus mode, starts working, you know, gives her a health potion, starts working on the arrows to set muscles correctly, pull the arrows out. Um, and Lily falls into a very tranquil sleep. I think Amelia walks up to you, Temple, and says, I can't apologize enough. There is nothing to forgive, but what we can do now is perhaps help the Minotaur. I, I recognized in your forms that you at least have the foundations of the hand of healing. If we may lay hands, he kind of looks up to the Minotaur, if we may lay hands on our friend as you work, would that be permissible? Of course. 
Yeah, and I think Temple kind of guides uh, Amelia down uh, to sit next to the cot and uh, lay a hand on, uh, I think, either arm. She places one hand on her arm and the other on her forehead. Yeah, and I think mechanically I'm going to take a level of exhaustion because I've already exhausted all of my key points for this. Okay. But he's going to just, like, fully gas himself to, to assist here. Everyone sort of sees... Um, I think Temple begins to pulse with key. You see sort of like white film, you know, kind of vaporing off of him and especially focused on his hands. And, um, you know, he's, he's describing to, I think, Amelia or like running through sort of a recitation of, you know, the, the sort of uh, mantra uh, for that. And she, I, think, I assume, follows along. And I think they, they both follow through with this. As he does it, you see that film almost crawl over her skin too, and then it starts to come out of her heart as this like film joins. You guys are seeing magic that's almost identical, like that's slightly different, and her hair starts to raise up just a little, almost like it's floating. And then the film pulls from their bodies and starts to cover Lily's body. Um, Pants would like to, I don't know, scan this happening or take a picture of it happening. Yeah. So, Fidget, like, you hear a little click come from Fidget. <laughs> the Minotaur, like, <laughs> giggles, but it sounds like a moo. It's like, moo hoo hoo hoo. Stole my laugh. <laughs> he looks over at the little bed that the Minotaur had made for him in the perch for Fidget, and he's like, Excuse me, uh, I've never had my own little bed before, so I thank you very much, but they make me uncomfortable. Do you perhaps have a sling or a box or something else I could sleep in. A kobold after my own heart. And she takes the sheet and hangs it from one of the rafters. So it's like a little hammock. Excellent. Also, I have a (laughs) (laughs) boo-boo. I got slashed on my chest and it was really scary and I'm having a really hard time. I got healed a little bit, but I also have a a boo-boo still. (laughs) Of course. I I think that... This young person is more stabilized. I'll attend to you. What's your name? Pants. You get this warm, motherly comfort. Like, her fur is so soft. And she just starts uh, casting. You see hand gestures. She's saying certain words. And you feel a tingling warmth. And all of a sudden, the smell of cinnamon is even a little more strong. And it realize it's coming from her. And your chest starts to heal. Four. Seven points. Excellent. I'm fully healed now. <laughs> Yay! Cool. Um, and Yay. Pants, I think he's really overwhelmed and really scared because that's like the first experience he's had with being hit that hard. Pants will never go back to the circus. No, he's like, I'm never <laughs> going back here again. He um, has Fidget pick him up and take him up to the sling and he, he wants to rest. Okay. The Minotaur turns to you, Valen. Anything that you need? Um, nothing that, um, a not rest couldn't help. Thank you. You can, you can, I, I'd rather you tend to our friends. And you, sir? And looks at Torash. No, I am fine. Thank you. Thank you for asking how it though. And then she looks at Tarawin and Tarawin just shakes her head. And the Minotaur says, I'm only two sheets over if you need anything. However, I have soundproofed this room so you have privacy. If you need anything, my name is... And, and like a minotaur language. <laughs> and then she walks out of the room. Nice. 
I think Temple sees that this work is done, you know, kind of nods approvingly uh, at Lily, sees that Pants is thankfully taken care of as well, and then uh, his eyes go dark and he f- just clunks over. Oh, fully passes shit. out. So how big is this tent? Like, how wide? Think of, like, my living room. That's not helpful for podcasts. <laughs> How do you imagine my living room to look? Because that's what it looks like. Like, think of like a 10 foot by 12 foot space. You see Amelia kind of gently roll Temple into a comfortable sitting position. Almost like she's done this before. And then she climbs into the cot with her sister, pulls the sheet around them, and just holds her sister and falls asleep. Um, it sounds like everybody's kind of turning in. I'm going to go over to Pants' cot. I'm going to, like, knock. <laughs> the sheet on the, waves. On the, on the post. On the, <laughs> yeah, on the sheet po- Just poke up. Hello. <laughs> uh, uh, Pants, mind if I uh, step in? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I come in. And I'm like, Pants. That was a one hell of a <laughs> situation we got ourselves into. I and it's um i don't know like i don't know it's i've I've just got myself all out of wits um kind of worried about myself since i'm still kind of not in control of of myself with everything with uh lilith and everything um i just wanted to one say thank you for being there for me and um I was wondering if I can ask you a favor. Oh, sure. And he like gets all, he sits up and he gets all a little more excited. So like, I'm assuming the cot is like pretty low to the ground, right? Or the, the, the hammock, right? It kind of hangs low. Yeah. So I would, so balance would, and balance a little taller. So Valen will kneel down again and goes, um, I need you to keep something safe for me. And uh, I'm going to reach up and take off my helm. And then I'm going to turn it around and then I'm going to put it on Pants' head. I'm like, you have to make me a promise, though, Pants. You have to make me a promise that um, you don't take this apart. <laughs> I just I just can't afford for Lilith to find this. No! <laughs> she was about to find it! <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good about hiding things from her, but I just... It's just, I, um, with, with how much this has helped us already, I really can't risk anyone, like, I can't risk her having this. This is too much, too powerful of an item to have for her. So until I sort that all out, I'm gonna need you to hang on to this. But like I said, you can't take it apart, because we do need this, but, you know, um, all you gotta do is kinda mess with it a little bit, and it'll kind of attune, attune itself to you. It probably takes about an hour to do so, but, um, yeah, and then just a little, from what I know... Uh, you get up to about three charges, depending on what happens. That's three different teleportations. You remember fucked up portal water slide? That's yeah. gonna be it's gonna the be new life. Of it's yeah. gonna waste them all immediately. <laughs> yep. uh, oh my god! What the fuck? Okay, I like the image though of you on one knee, like putting it on Pants's head. And then as it, as like it comes off and it's like the full cowl, you see a full horns, you see it adorned coming off of my head it's huge and then when i put it on yours it'll it kind of shrinks up a little bit and and molds to your head yeah and then the horns start to shrink and then disappear and then it's gone the horns actually lay upon your horns 
That's sick. That's so cool. <laughs> Pants is upgraded. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Wow, an upgrade. <laughs> <Da-na-na-na>. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pants goes, he's like shocked. So he's sitting there, he's like, wow, I, uh, I've never been entrusted with something so creepy and important all at the same time. Yeah. I, I, I trust your judgment. You've been a valuable asset on this team. and You trust my judgment? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I was, I was as shocked as you were. But, you know, if anyone were to have it, I think you'd kind of appreciate it the most. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I feel like you'd know when to use it when, when, when needed. We'll see about that. But um, <laughs> uh, thanks. Can I can I have Jigalda take a scan of it and then take it apart? Or do I can I really not take it apart? You can probably have Jigalda take a scan of it. And then at that point, I, f- I figured Jigalda would kind of pop out of my bag. <laughs> no, uh, she does not pop out of your bag yet. Oh, OK. <laughs> Then no, she yeah. You can probably have her scan it um, eventually, and uh, you hear metallic purring. I feel like you can probably do some like three D model rendering things you did with it, but just I would avoid yeah, you know, messing with it too much. We don't want to break it. Okay, well, I promise to keep it safe and use it wisely until you need it back. We are we're true friends now. My God. I pat pants on the shoulder and I get up and I'm like, you rest up. Um, we'll see you. We'll see you in the morning. Thanks, Fallon. Pants flips open a little memo notebook and writes something in it. And I walk out. Torish is gonna is gonna look at Tarwin and just be like, um, you know, it seems like everyone's kind of wrapping up for the night. You seem like you could use some rest. So why don't you why don't you go take some rest? I'm not that tired, so I'm just gonna kind of go stand outside the tent and just keep watch and see if I can hopefully spot. Grayson and six around. Okay, Torash. And Tarawin walks toward her own private area of the tent. The rest of the team all exchange looks. The space feels empty and odd without six and Grayson. But they slowly all make their way to their own separate areas. These magical sheets flap, separating their cots. And as they enter, they feel a sense of warmth and comfort and healing from the magic that permeates this area. But as Torash sees his team, no, his friends, walk away, he steps outside into the cold. Looking up at space, he hears the distant sounds of patrons laughing and yelling. The sounds and smells of the circus drift by his golden scales as he pulls out his log recorder and his ancient coin from Notuf. Pulls his, uh, the old Notuf currency coin that his father gave him as a child and kind of spins it around and looks at it and kind of as he sits there, he thinks that this is a good time to make a recording. Pilot's log. 49.99 hello. As I sit here, keeping watch over everyone in front of this tent, makes me realize that my true calling is as a protector. Even though that Grayson was assigned to be the lead security officer of the group, I feel as if 
I want that to be my position. No, I don't want this to be taken the wrong way. Grayson is doing a phenomenal job at being the security officer of the group. What I mean by that is, I want to ensure that everyone gets to where they have to go to, even if it means that I'm left behind. Seeing this more protectiveness of my father back when I was a kid and growing up being one of the protectors of my home settlement, it's nice to extend that to the group. You know, as I'm sitting here looking at this coin, I think back to the time of when I was in school. I'm going to flip this coin. If this lands on heads, I'm going to give up and just have no dream of bringing magic back into my life. This lands on tails. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to try my best to get my magic back. As he flips the coin, it lands on tails. <laughs> Seems to be my lucky day. The gold of Torash's coin sits in his palm. There's another bit of gold from inside the tent that starts to pulse and flash with a memory. Temple. Exhausted. Deep in sentry mode. Processes the data and information of the day and all that he has gone through. But one memory from his past rises above the rest. That Temple starts to relive. Temple goes to the well with a yoke and two large buckets over his shoulders. Afternoon chores are a highlight of his day as he gets to explore and move freely, something that still feels novel to him after all these years. He pulled up his second bucket of water when he hears arguing behind the seated statue of ancient master Neem. The bald old man sits in peaceful meditation despite the shouting. Temple notices suds around the statue base, where some algae had been scrubbed away. He puts his bucket down and walks toward the noise. Temple hears the familiar voice of Quinn, one of the three triplets who were left at the monastery as infants. Quinn says, We have to keep working or Opaya will make us run the stairs again. Still several paces from the statue, Temple pauses when he hears Lily shout, Upaya's just a bully picking on little kids. Why can't she scrub Neem's gross feet? Amelia says, Not too loud, Lily. Upaya might hear you. Lily retorts, Letter! I'm not afraid. I'd be a hero to all the other kids if I stood up to her. Quinn solemnly replies, as if reciting scripture, The definition of a hero is someone who gets others hurt. At that, Temple continues walking more loudly than usual to give the children a chance to pick up their brushes and pretend they were working all along. Master Neem is starting to look nice and sparkly. They respond in unison almost mechanically. Greetings, Master Temple. Temple stiffens up, sticks his limbs out like a robot, and moves them as he says, Beep boop boop, greetings statue scrubbers, beautiful day today, is it not? <laughs> the three girls giggle and imitate his imitation of them. They all wobble around like little action figures. Beep boop boop bop, beep boop bop. This chore might be easier if you start at the top and work your way down. Lily, would you like a lift? Lily grabs her bucket and raises her arms with a grin. Temple hoists her up into Master Neem's lap. Make the good master's bald head nice and shiny, just like mine, okay? Lily says. Okay, Temple. Her defiance of Upaya seems to have been replaced with eagerness to impress the peace forged. Temple turns to the other two, who continue scrubbing the base of the statue. Amelia keeps an eye on Lily, making sure she's careful, while Quinn glances sheepishly at Temple. This is a lot of work for three sprouts. 
Let me finish carrying water back to the kitchen, and I'll return to help you, all right? Quinn nods with a smile and continues scrubbing. Temple grabs his laden yoke and marches up the hill. He finds Upaya waiting for him. Temple stops and bows his head. Greetings, Master Upaya. Greetings, Master Temple. Thank you for correcting those three. They tend to neglect their responsibilities. Of course, Master. The monastery has never looked so picturesque. I have a question for you, if I may ask. You may speak freely. Thank you. Chore time used to mean visiting neighboring settlements and assisting them with their chores. While our own grounds fell into relative disrepair, it was great training and selflessness for the young ones. Will we return to that work soon? Upaya tenses slightly. It sounds like you want to be the hero of the children yet again. Free them of responsibilities. Do not forget, Temple. The definition of a hero is someone who gets others hurt or killed. As more memories flood Temple's wires, a creaking can be heard nearby, followed by a slight sniffle. (laughs) Pants, alone in his hammock, curls close to himself, clutching his torn shirt and bruised tail. He flips open his recorder, with moisture forming in his small dragon eyes. Hey, Mom. I had a pretty rough day. Got hurt pretty bad. Some of my friends went missing. I'm scared. And I miss you. You think being at a circus would make me pretty happy, but I I had no idea they could be so dangerous. I wish I could see you and the guys. I could really use a good family dinner and maybe a fun round of pocket droids with Slagus. Oh, Slagus was right. What made me think I was ready for something like this? One minute I'm eating cotton candy, the next I'm getting slashed and bashed during a battle with aerial acrobats in the big top ring. But don't worry, Mom. This cool minotaur lady healed me and made me a perfect sleeping hammock, just like home. Feels nice. Oh, and Valen, my neato tiefling friend, entrusted me with this super powerful teleportation helm doohickey thing. As a thank you, and to show him how responsible I am, I'm going to tweak it and make it better than ever. I just have to figure out how to put it all back together first. Uh, well, I guess today wasn't all that bad, but I'm pretty tired, so I think Fidget and I are going to get some sleep. I love you, Mom. Talk to you soon. I hope. Next to Pants, behind the separation flap of the tent, Valen stares at his empty cot with blank eyes, taking deep breaths and clenching and unclenching his fists. He knows he needs to call his patron, but he can't come to face it. He checks to see if anyone can see or hear him. Hey, Pants, Temple, Torash. Can y'all hear me? There is no response. He glances at the cot one more time, and then proceeds to sit upon the floor. He takes all the items out of his pack and starts to organize his inventory and account for everything. Desperate for the moment he knows that draws even closer. 
As he finally starts to calm down and feel the day settle around him like a thin dust, Sir Charles hops into his lap. His chinchilla familiar looks up with big eyes of concern. The small morph never understands why this happens, but his instincts just somehow seem to kick in. Valen, taking a deep breath, nods, and Sir Charles floats a foot from his face in front of him and transforms into the bust of Lilith. Her eyes open and she lifts her horned head, black hair billowing about her. She flashes her sharp pointed teeth as she bears down upon Valen and snarls. Report. Lilith, there's, honestly, there's, there hasn't been anything going on. We're just trying to get to Moss right now. I'm exhausted. I, I just, uh, I just need to finish these few things, get to bed. Like, I know you want to report, but God damn it, there, nothing's happened. Like, <laughs> there's nothing to report. You really think I'm naive enough to not have spies everywhere? Where is the helm? It's gone. I don't have the helm. And you see her eyes almost turn a darker. They go from maroon to almost black as she snarls. What did you do with it? Um, I think at that point with her, when she raises her voice at me, I think it would like almost feel like where my tattoos are. It would like, like she's grabbing. Mm -hmm. You know, like clenching me. Yeah. Kind of like. So I feel that and I just I'm like. God damn it. Like, and I stand up. I'm like, I can't. I just throw my arms out. I'm like, I can't keep doing this. This is fucking bullshit. I I just, you send me on these goddamn errands and I was result for nothing. I almost died a few times this time. Luckily enough, the, the, the fucking people that. Lucky enough that I was there to possess you and keep you alive. You are ungrateful. I wouldn't have been in the situation if it wasn't for you. All of this bullshit is because of you. I don't I'm I don't want to keep doing this. I'm fucking done. And then at that when you say I'm fucking done, you feel almost like your throat uh, clench. It's hard to breathe as you get breaths down. Uh, you are done. Uh, when I say you are done, uh, or do you forget? Where your power comes from. I want the helm now. Do not lie to me, Valen. I like my head's down, you know, kind of like a scolded child. And then, like, my eyes look up at her. And then my chin looks up as well. Like, foot kind of follows. Um, and I think. At this point, when I make eye contact with Lilith, it's like the first time there's she's ever seen this look before of like anger and resentment and everything that's basically just culminated to this moment that all the bullshit she's put me through. I don't have it. Even if I did, I wouldn't fucking give it to you. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna fire for um. Actually, I'm going to use uh, Thorn Whip. I just see her. I see Red and I see her. 
So out of nowhere, like, and I've never done this before. You know, this is something that also I feel like she doesn't know that this part of the magic is me. I mean, yes, it's part of my uh, my 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 warlock magic, right? That I that my pact that I have, but Thornwhip isn't typically like a spell that can be cast by warlocks, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like I just get angry and I kind of lose control, and like just from the ground at my feet, just vines just shoot up and then just try to like attack. Yeah. So the vines whip around this bust figure of Lilith, like one whips around her shoulder, one around her throat, and you see her almost shock upon her face, which is something you've never seen before. She slowly looks down and observes, and then her head raises eyes making contact with you, and you feel again that pulsing the tattoos almost like this claustrophobic like she's grabbing you and you start to raise off the ground and she says you will suffer for this and then she throws you across the room you hear the curtains rip as you crash and your own thorn whip kind of hits back at you from this magical explosion across planes and it whips across your own face and just cuts from like your the top of your head down to your chin as you slam into the ground (gasps) 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 (gasps)
That's what Tarot one says. <laughs> what, is, what does that mean? Oh, my. What What the f- Someone named Nillerth. <laughs> oh, I... I, I think he I think he meant Lilith. Oh, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> Valen, what what happened? Like, what happened? Did you did you have any visions? Like, were you woken up? What happened? I have to co- I had to contact her. I have to stay in contact, trying to maintain face. And went sideways. Ah. Pants goes. How did it go sideways? <sighs> she, like I said, she. She wants, she wants power. I, I'm not, I'm not giving her any more. And she physically threw him sideways. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I think you might be right, Terwin. Wait, no. Did we see? Did we see that happen? I thought he just flew sideways. Like you heard a scream, and as you opened your eyes, he like flew out of his. Oh, side of the he's tent. like being thrown across the room. That's terrifying. Yeah, I got, I got thrown across the room. Yeah. Oh, paranormal activity is not great. <laughs> a literal demon, yeah. Her reach is, her reach is, is is further than I than I thought. She's never been able to do this before, which can only mean one thing: she's she's got more power, or I don't know. It's it's, uh, and just kind of like pass out. Oh. And. You hear one of the twins say, should we get the medic? <laughs> They're just like shaking, holding each other, watching all this Absolutely, happen. Absolutely. You two should go get the medic. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sounds great. And they both get up. And as they're leaving, they're starting to run towards the door. Jigalda hops up on a perch in front of them and says, please wait. And they're like very confused. And she shows her claws and says, there is a 93% chance that I could take out your eye right now. I want to let you know, if you betray or endanger my best friend again, it will go up to 100%. And then she basically retracts her claws and jumps on Temple's back, and you hear a mechanical purring again. And then they're both just like even more scared and confused, and then they run out even faster. Yeah, Temple like tilts his head a bit, like... Jigalda, that was uncalled for. I agree. It still needed to happen. Jigalda, that was awesome. (laughs) You do you. You taught me, Temple, that the lesson is sometimes more important than the conclusion. That was a lesson they needed. Hmm. I'll think about that. Pants just goes, oh. (laughs) If you don't mind, I would like to go look for Six and Grayson now. Yeah, we. if you can get a lead on them, that would be fantastic, Jigalda. Her tail starts whipping and you see the scanner like coming around. Um, and she jumps off your shoulders and just perfectly slips underneath the curtains. Uh, Tarsh is going to pick Valen up and put him back on the turned over cot. Or put him back on, the, on one of the beds. Tarash, do you have any experience with demons or devils like this? I've only read about them. I've never encountered anything like this. No, the closest otherworldly being that I've seen encounter was my father fighting a necromancer and Oh my god. Outside of that, I I mean I've did some when I was at school I I did some basic, you know, basic other you know, planar studies, but I don't I don't know of really anything this far as far as communications between this world and that world. Mm. 
We don't have any idea how we could possibly stop Lilith. Uh, we're gonna have to hunt her down and find her. But that's, uh, the bigger problem is figure out where she is, what plane she's on, because you, there's a whole bunch of different planes, and then the question is, once we get to that plane, we gotta find her, and then we gotta come back. Hmm. I think that we should ask Valen more questions when he wakes up. I agree, yeah. I also think I should have brought those grenades. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I appreciate your help, I don't think grenades could have done anything against an invisible devil, unfortunately. Maybe we do give you the grenades next time, though. It's okay. I do drop things a lot. But things always seem to work out when you do them, Terowin. Oh, thanks. Maybe it's... I don't know. And right then, the, the curtains push back and the Minotaur runs in with the twins behind... Uh, the twins kind of look around and don't see a cat, and then they sit together on a cot. And the Minotaur bends down and goes, what happened? Well, you see, our friend here, he got, like, thrown across a room, and then he was screaming in pain. And then uh, we put some spit herbs on him, and now he seems better, but he's asleep over there. I told them that when they use too many intense lights in that performance, someone always ends up having some kind of reaction. <laughs> and she's going to... Hover her hands over you, Valen, and you wake up. And then she's like, well, that completely runs me dry. I need to go switch out with another healer. If you need anything, their name is... <laughs> and then she walks out. Uh, her spell slots are out. But Valen, you are awake now. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> and she just nods respectfully. Uh, Valen just kind of sits up. <clears throat> And I'm, I'm sure that it, like the scars, the, the cuts healed, but now there's a scar. For what it's worth, Valen, your scar looks bitchin'. Ah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of, Valen kind of chuckles. He's like, thanks, thanks, Temple. I, I appreciate that. Do we have any idea how to resolve this for you, Valen? Do we know where Lilith is or how she can be reached? If, if maybe the next time you have to reach her, we can come with you. Is there something we can do? The only way I can get in contact with her is uh, through Sir Charles, and then at that point, Sir Charles jumps on my shoulder. He runs around your neck in circles. Yeah, that's adorable. Just like, just yeah. I'm like, oh, it's okay. I'm like, I'm like just petting him. Does he know when Lilith takes over and tries to talk to you that way, or is it just she just just takes over more or less takes over his body? She just more. I I think she just more or less takes over her his body like. He usually just kind of like what ends up happening is right before he'll like kind of stop what he's doing and kind of go upright and then he'll start to do his little shape shifting thing and then it'll be her. And this only ever happens when you two are alone. Yeah. Maybe the fortune teller can help us. Maybe if we want to if we, if we want to get in contact with her, she might have a way. She seemed like she was kind of otherworldly, like she could, you know. All the all the tricks and lights she had in the in her tent, maybe she could help us out, you know, um, or at least point us in the right direction as someone who can. My biggest concern is knowing knowing her strength at, at this point, especially if she was able to reach out and harm Valen the way she did. I don't know if we're going to be able to really try and sneak in and try and get in on, on the conversation while she's more or less in Sir Charles' body. I don't know if that would help. 
Um, I think if we're going to confront her, we're going to have to confront her head on. You know, maybe we can, like I said, maybe we can talk to the fortune teller and maybe she can give us a summoning spell of sorts if we really want to have that conversation with her. But um, I don't recommend it. <laughs> Valen, we need to get this sorted out. Um, I, the people at my monastery, I mean, we know of demons, but we've nothing that could help. I wonder if anybody... Do we know anybody or have a, any friends in in high places that can help us? I've I've been I've been trying to dig up what I can on in my research, trying to figure out who the hell she is, and um, it's kind of come up short, you know, within the records at least. If anything, too, you know, we were just talking about my studies. If we, if my professor Corderai, the the protector, is still there, um he still might be able to, he might be able to give us information. What was his name? Corderai the Protector. Wow. You were, you were totted, learned by that big of a name. That's really neat. Yeah, he was, he was, he was something else, to be honest. I, it may, especially once I wanted to learn magic like my father did, but once I learned the, the powerful stuff that he could do, it was just, more of a reason that I wanted to learn the magic. Huh. Have you been wanting to go back to school? Because this seems like a pretty good opportunity. Oh, I always have, of course. Absolutely. I wanted I would love to learn my my magic even further. Maybe after we go to it was Stardust, right? Yeah. We could take a stop on Invinia. That would that's <laughs> That sounds like a plan to me. I mean, we gotta probably trek the galaxy trying to find all these fucking parts, but... Jigalda thinks that's where I'm from. Perhaps in your druidic spirit. Hmm. Yeah, possibly. Well, I, I did want to talk to you all. Um, I know Six and Grayson aren't here, but... I feel like I'm starting to slow you down. No, absolutely not. I don't want to be a burden. Um, Maybe when we get to Invinia, I can... Stay there, or... I don't know. Sorry, I'm just thinking out loud. If there's if there's any place that I would want you to stay, I would suggest being in the protection of my father and my family on Notuv, especially when we visit the, the... when we go to the Vaults of Nautical. Oh, the race. The race, right. Okay, again, I'm just thinking out loud. I'm I'm sorry, Valen. How are you feeling? <laughs> I, uh, I could be better, but... um. I can create a salve to make the scar on your eye get smaller. Well, well we can do what we can. Um, okay. It's the least of my concerns at this point. I used to make those for the pirates a lot. Darwin, you, you don't have anything to prove. You don't have to... I, I, I realize my words can't change how you feel, but you are not a burden. You are our friend. Thank you, Dimple. I just didn't... Remember how big not one world, but ten is, and it's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. It's very overwhelming. Terowin, if I can do it, we can do it together. Thanks, Pans. Um, can I ask a slightly interesting question? Absolutely. What did I look like when I changed? Cool. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was definitely a sad to see. Did I look like six? No. Close. No. 
No, you looked cooler. Um, white, a little more white-haired, but... A little more white-haired, yeah. Oh, so like my hair. Exactly. Exactly like your hair. You looked positively ferocious. Can, like, Fidget, like, pop up a little thing of what she, or Jagalda or something? Oh, like, like what she looks like? like? Or Sir Charles? Oh, Sir Charles could probably morph into what oh, she yeah. was. Oh, yeah. So, Charles, you want to go ahead and uh, do your thing? And he, like, turns into the little snow leopard she turned into. Oh, my goodness. And then jumps into, like, into, uh, into Tarawin's lap and, like, kind of, like, hers and, like. I was this small? <laughs> no. No, the your regular size. Wow, this she sits up a little straighter. Well, this is this is exciting. Fanton wouldn't dare talk to me like she used to now. <laughs> no, she wouldn't. That's the spirit. Um, and at that, the twins stand up and say, "We are going to be on our way." Yeah, Temple turns and kind of faces them. Uh, you know, he kind of pauses. You know, taking them both in, puts his hand over his heart and and bows to them. They both put their hands over your hand, which is on your heart, as you come back up, and in unison as twins say, if anything is worth doing, do it with all of your hearts. Thank you, empty one. And tell your cat friend, we don't want to have any trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Jigalda is an interesting one. I love you two very much, and I will do what I can to find Quinn and bring news. Wait, we wanted to talk to you about that. And at that... Lily pulls out an image. This is their surveillance from the circus of the two men who claim to be from the monastery. The more that we've talked to you and thought about it, if you do go to V7, just check she's actually there. Because she hasn't responded to any of our letters. Hmm. V7 is a, is a secretive place, but the monastery has always been open and free with communication. I will investigate. As you know, the circus doesn't stop at V7, so... Can I see any detail about these these men? They wear robes similar to the folks that work at the monastery. Uh, they have prayer beads of a deep orange and black. And one is an Aarakocra. The other is a human. Okay. The Aarakocra looks like a hawk. Oh, I was about to ask, is it the Aarakocra that we ran into Yeah. On? And uh, turn 18. That's what I was going to ask you. Oh, God, no, it's not Mer Merit. <laughs> Merit. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it was Merit and uh, what's his face, the other the other blonde guy or whatever the fuck his name was. Oh, Stoner. Stoner. Stoner, yeah. Does the footage look like it's a struggle or are they walking walking together? No, it just it's just these two gentlemen. It's like Quinn's not even in the picture. It's just them standing there, like probably when they were entering. Okay, and then last question, would Temple recognize an Aarakocra from... Even even just a hatchling from when he was, you know, training there. Aarakocra are extremely rare on V7. You maybe have seen one. Uh, Aarakocra tend to stay to moss. Okay. Yeah, I think I think the fact that Temple, like, doesn't recognize, probably would have known of an Aarakocra monk, but it was is kind of like pondering, like, am I forgetful or something? Okay. He, he hands the pictures back. Yeah, and you have pretty much photographic memory, so you'll remember this detail. Okay. I will look into this, and I will let you know what I find. Thank you so much. And he, he embraces them. They hug you back, and then they both leave. Uh, Temple turns to face the group. <laughs> Since we still don't know where Six and, and Grayson are at, duh, God knows, maybe they're canoodling, I don't know. I don't think that's happening. 
What's canoodling? I'll tell you when you're older, Pants. <laughs> I just learned that too, Pants. Yeah, I bet she did. Toresh just fucking death stares at Val. Yeah. <laughs> yes, thank you. You got some emotion, Toresh. <laughs> I think we should probably see if we can get some information on Lilith while we're while we're here. Let's go find that fortune teller. Maybe she can help us out. So we go off to the fortune teller's then. Yeah, she's currently talking to a client. All right, we'll wait in line again. Who is the red? Is the red dragon born there? Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, welcome to the dragonborn. I'm just like kind of nudging like, What's going on, bud? How you doing? You guys already got in. Why are you here? Oh, just saying hello. I wanted to formally thank her for everything she did for us last night. It's her job to tell fortunes, dude. No, there was there was, there was more after the incident. What incident? Oh, you you don't know. There was a fight at the big top. Yeah. Oh, my twin mentioned that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you see another red dragonborn there? Oh wait, you're not you're not you're not Sean. <laughs> I don't know Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Sean. This is Arlen's people attempt to just name random NPCs, uh, normal people's names. <laughs> oh, you mean Terry? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Terry? Terry and I will go way back. Yeah. What up, Terry? <laughs> Put it in reverse, Terry. <laughs> well, she's uh, ready. Do you want to go in? Thank you kindly. Temple goes for a high five. He high fives you. Yeah. Thank you. And he walks in. I think Pants will like slap him on the thigh because he's not very tall. <laughs> He just like looks down at you and watches you walk by and he's like, what the fuck? He goes, he, he does the finger guns. Backing into the tent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the dragonborn just shakes his head. <laughs> what does Torash do to the to the red dragonborn guy as he walks by? <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, yeah. what does Torash do? As I walk in and as I as I pass the dragon boy, I do kind of with those like lunging like flinch things. Yeah, to see oh, <laughs> <laughs> he flinches for sure. <laughs> You're much taller than him. And I just kind of, I just kind of hit him on the shoulder, like, "No, nah, I'm just fuck, I'm just fucking with you, man." <laughs> right. <laughs> what a bunch of cool guys. We're so weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking with the dragon board. <laughs> um, yeah. So you walk in, and the candles instantly light in those colors, and then she sees it's you, and then like snaps her fingers, and like actual lights come up. This is unexpected. Hello. I figured you would have seen us coming, being a fortune teller and all. <laughs> Clever. Please have a seat. Yeah, thank you. Um, I actually, we actually wanted to talk to you. Uh, we need to get in contact with something. There is a customer service booth. You want me to take you there? Um, no, it's it's more than that. Um, I think she, I I think she exists on a different plane. Uh, just kind of curious if you had any leads on. How we'd be able to, you know, summon someone or something. Her eyes kind of get big and she moves like her black hair and kind of pats her horns, her tiefling horns. And I mean, I would be happy to assist you, but this is not something that I specialize in. No, I, I totally understand. But um, we just need as much help as we can get. And um if you need something that I'm connected to, that, that connects to her, and I kind of reach my hand out and I show her my stone. I will need time to prepare, but you are also going to moss, no? 
Yes. I will say this without trying to be rude. The time I spend with you is time I lose out on the money. Um, so let me, give me a moment. We, whatever, whatever it takes, we'll, we'll compensate you for your time. This is... I'm not trying to get money out of you. I just need to explain things. That's understandable, but of course you have already you have already done enough for us. So I think I think with you doing this, we should we should at least honor the idea of compensating you for your time and your and your previous work. So yes, our friend has a fake bracelet, <sighs> and she kind of raises her eyebrows at that, and then says, "One moment," and then leaves. Um, and you're kind of just in her tent. Um, bef- as she leaves, is is there a way I can insight check to see if she's actually gonna? Yeah. Roll inside on her. Double check, make sure she's not going to double cross us. Uh, Torash rolled a 16. Yeah, she seems genuine. Can Pan steal one of the orbs now? You can attempt. Sleight of hand. 14. 14? Yes, you take an orb. Yes. (laughs) It It feels warm to the touch, and like, have you ever touched those cool balls, and like the electricity goes to your fingers? It's one of those? Yeah, it's kind of like that, but magic-y. Pants, like, like sidesteps over to one of the floating orbs, and he just, like, quick, like, takes it and then, like, sticks it in his bag really quick, and then he goes, he, like, shivers. He's like, ooh. <laughs> Does Temple notice this? Well, were you trying to be stealthy, Pants, or no? I wrote, I, I didn't do stealth. I did sleight of hand, so. Were you trying to have your friends not see? I don't think he was like thinking about it that much. He's just trying to be quick. So pants rolled a fourteen in stealth. What is your passive perception? Inside of inside of hand. Sorry, inside of hand. Uh, fifteen. My passive perception's uh twelve, so I didn't see shit. Temple, you did. Pants. What? It's my souvenir. <laughs> I always take something from wherever we are. But you have to ask. That's her orb. Uh, well. That might be part of her power. The last time I tried, she said no, so I just. You know, well, she's there's not your here answer, now. Pants. You have to let it go. <laughs> <laughs> I love Pants logic. Temple, I'm keeping it. It's cool. What does she get? She just makes them float. What else is she going to use it for? I'm going to tell her that you took She's one. got lots of them. Temple, <laughs> no. don't tell her. <laughs> no. What if she's going to need it for us to get in contact with Lilith and figure out where she is? Where she is? Well, then we can do exactly the same thing. And that's, there you go. Problem solved. We can call on Lilith whenever we want. Pants, I also like to take things. I take flowers from everywhere I go. There, see? Me and Tarawin, we're like this. And he like pulls, puts up his hand and crosses <laughs> his little claw fingers. However, I do think this is stealing. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> he like and then he like opens nice. he like opens up the he opens up his bag and the orb floats back up into place. Um, so at that she comes back in. Alright, this um is going to be able to work. I want you all to follow me, please. And she leads you out. You wind through a back part of the circus where you see mostly only employees walking around. Um, There's tons of machine parts, like chips are being replaced in certain like generators. And you get to a very homey looking tent that is magicked with illusion to kind of have a cottagey feel. And you walk inside, and this is obviously her home um, on the circus. This is um, something I'm not comfortable with, so I thought that we'd be in a 
protected place I've spent years putting wards on this home. Thank you for welcoming us in. No problem. Uh, dear, you look a little cold. Would you like uh, something? Uh, and Tarwin just nods politely. And she gives Tarwin like a big coat. Tarwin's not used to the coldness of space. And you all um, walk up. There is a fireplace like pit on the side. And she has laid out cushions to sit up on the floor around the fire pit. Uh, this is uh, going to work, yes? Yeah. Uh, please sit. Thank you. I will need something um, that connects you to the entity. Um, well, it's either this, and I hold my hand out, or I'm, I'm either hand it to Charles. Well, I don't want to take the left chinchilla. <laughs> um, don't trust myself that much. Can you remove this stone from your hand? Um, I, I cannot. This might be dangerous. That's fine. She looks at the rest of you. Yeah, we'll follow Valen's lead. Are you sure you want to see this little one? Yeah, I'm good. Bring it on. <laughs> this is impressive. <laughs> All right. Um, and then she looks at Torash. You're comfortable? As long as you're comfortable and as Valen is comfortable, I am comfortable as well. This is going to be what they call blood magic. Um, and she puts her palms up. She is a tiefling, so her eyes are already completely glazed over in a dark brownish black, but they get very large. Her eyebrows raising almost to her hairline. Her hair almost frizzles out a little, and the gold dinglies on her horns start to shake. Um, and her tail is very strangely, almost like a pattern, moving in different directions. Fire almost dims a bit, and then she grabs out at Valen's hand. All the colors in the room almost seem to mute, but a few things light up. Valen's stone. The scars on Torash's body. Temple's eyes. And Pants's horns. And you feel magic start to circle you almost. I think Sir Charles starts to panic a little, and you hear the shuffling of metallic wings as Fidget hops a little uncomfortably. And Tarawin looks around and, and says, Why are you all lighting up? At that, the tiefling's head shoots backwards, and then silence. Everything stops glowing. The fire is almost embers. And then you hear Lilith's voice. Valen? Lilith? You dare summon me. <laughs> you can't just leave things off the way you left it. You know that, right? And at that, you all see all of a sudden Valen... <laughs> like he's being choked. And at that, the tiefling says magical words in Infernal. <laughs> Oh, she's badass. And wow. He's, like he's dropped. She looks like her face is very strained. Look at you. Finding magic that you're not ready for. Your master would have been proud. That fool was always telling me how you were always finding cracks to slip through. It's it's my nature. And it's the, it's the reason you chose me. 
What do you want? You know what I want. I want this all to be done. You don't seem to understand. I own your soul, your magic, your past and future. Unless you are ready to die. Is that what you want? <laughs> I'm going to find my way out of this. That's a promise. And then you're starting to see a projection from the stone. You can't really see the face, but you see a slight, like it looks like a humanoid head, like from the collar bones up with big horns coming out from the top, but you can't really see the face. It's like the more that this interaction is happening, the more this image of Lilith is becoming clearer. Um, and the tiefling is looking more pale and exhausted. We're, we're seeing and hearing all this, right? Yeah, everyone's involved. I see you brought your little crew of misfits. Yeah. Tell me, which of you has the helm? That's none of no concern to you. <sighs> Silence! And then you see Valen flinch. It's not necessarily like he's truly scared of her, but this has been his entire existence. Like I said, that's no concern of yours. But this is done. And we're coming for you. It will be done when you pull that stone from your hand and die. But it seems like your own pain doesn't mean anything to you anymore. So perhaps I will give an example to another in your group. Oh boy. We're done. And we're coming to find you. The visualization is almost completely clear. Oh no. You're starting to fully see and so you say like we're done basically and the tiefling starts to like come she's trying to pull the energy back like contain this but you see a fist of Lilith come forward and start to squeeze and Sir Charles starts squeaking and screaming. And she's just squeezing. I think Temple is going to, like, attempt to pull the fortune teller away to pull them apart. Real strength. And then can I assist in, like, try and push her hand off? We'll roll with advantage. Terwin instantly starts running up to Sir Charles, because Valen's kind of connected in this weird exchange of energy and she's like it's okay um uh let's see and she almost starts glowing now like she's starting to use her druidic powers to and sir charles is still like thrashing like there's a hand around him but he's not there's no actual hand around him does tarawin make any headway on that no it's happening really quickly okay yeah in the in the shuffle uh temple rolled uh 17 and then a 17 <laughs> with the advantage um yeah and Pulls. Yeah, the hands, the hands burst apart. You all are thrown back on your backs, like you're looking at the ceiling because of this wave of magic. And Sir Charles goes quiet, and Terran goes, "Um, help! Uh, he's not, he's not breathing. Can Fidget go over and like electrocute him <laughs> to start his heart back up?" Like, <laughs> I get up, I pick Sir Charles up. I'm like, oh, Sir Charles, Sir Charles. Don't, not, not, no, no. So Charles. Uh, Temple, you know, caught the fortune teller, lays her down, um, sees the kind of frantic, <laughs> franticness going on with uh, Valen and Sir Charles. 
and then pants. He, I imagine he has like a little R two D two like uh, zappy thingy. Oh, nice! Fidget does in his chest. Yeah. Or is it? In, or is it in like his claws? Uh, he come. No, it's like in his chest, and it like pops out, and him. Um, uh, pants goes. Fidget, fidget. Um, give him a little bit of electric shock. Maybe we can jumpstart his little heart again. Fidget's like, fuck, and then like <laughs> comes over. <laughs> Pants needs help. Pants needs help. <laughs> yeah. Fidget hops over, and you see like, and the chest cavity opens, and and then, and Sir Charles all of a sudden turns into a small Inferno Jones, <laughs> and then he does it again. Sir Charles turns into a small Stroganoff. Does it again. There's a tiny Torash in his hands. Does it again. There's a tiny pants Okay, in his okay, hands. okay. Fidget, Does- fidget. I think we got it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you hear like, oh, oh, and he wakes up and instantly hops and starts nuzzling Valen's stubble. I, I hold him close. I'm sorry. Temple sees that, that that's resolved and goes back to the fortune teller. I'm sorry. And she sits up woozily. That was the most powerful entity if she started to take control of the magic. You are so valiant for doing that for us. Thank you. I don't know why I did it. Probably because... And then her eyes drift to Torash. Never mind. It's not like that. It's no, not no, like no, that. But no, I know. <laughs> I know. It's good. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get up and walk over to her and help her up and get her seated. She's slightly shaking, um, and right then you hear a me, meow, meow, and the tent is being scratched at. Terwin walks over and opens it, and Grayson and Six both kind of push through, looking like what is going on. And Jigalda says, "I have succeeded." And that's where we're going to end the session. Nice. Oh, God. God damn it. <laughs> Surprise seance. What is it wow. mean? Yeah, you guys threw a fucking seance on me. I was like, what is this? <laughs> <I mean? laughs> Thank you, folks, so much for listening to that episode. If you ever want to hear us talk about the episodes, all the things we loved, all the things we hate, lots and lots of questions for the Dungeon Master, lots and lots of questions to the players and lots of questions from our lovely patrons on patreon you should check out our echoes of the adile echoes from the adile it's one of those i never remember and i wrote the title but hey it's a quick fun easy to listen to after show that basically is us going over the episodes that you can find on our patreon patreon.com slash the dungeon boys spelt b-o-i-z and if you look at that handle on any social media you can find more goodies from the boys but yes we appreciate you listening you are a wonderful phenomenal amazing human and we hope that all your space travels this week are safe catch you later